نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يقه قولي ربنا زدنا علما إن شاء الله كتاب العيدين The book concerning the two Eid prayers باب نمبر 12 باب التكبير أيام منا وإذا غدا إلى عرفة التكبير What is التكبير? To say Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. When ayyama mina, on the days of mina. And when is it that the hujjaj are in mina? Either the two days or the three days. Right? Ayyamu tashriq basically. Because remember that for the hujjaj, the hajj begins when? Within the first ten days. Right? When is arafah? Ninth. Okay. Ninth is arafah. Tenth is yamun nahr. Alright? And then ayamut tashriq from the eleventh to the thirteenth. And remember that the hujjaj they're given the option that whoever wishes to stay for two days, he can do that, and whoever wishes to stay for three, they can also do that. So when the hujjaj are basically done with hajj, because remember that once the nahr has been done, then what happens? People come out of ihram, right? And then they're in mina, and mina. In those days, ayamu tashriq, what are the people supposed to do? They are the days of, what did the Prophet ﷺ say? They are the days of eating and and dhikr. Alright, they are the days of eating and dhikr, because they are the days of Eid, right? So, over here, especially what is mentioned, in hadith we learned that the days of tashriq are the days of eating and drinking and remembering Allah. So, at-takbiri ayama minan, when people are doing Hajj, they are at Mina. What should they do? What should they say? Takbirat. Alright. وَإِذَا غَدَى إِلَىٰ And also when he goes early to Arafah. Meaning on the day of Arafah, on the ninth day, when Hujjaj are going to Arafah, on that day also, what should they do? Takbirat. وَكَانَ عُمَرُ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ And Umar رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ What would he do? يُكَبِّرُ He would say the Takbirat. Where? In his tent. When he was where? Biminan. When he was camped at Mina. Because you know at Mina people have their tents, right? So in his tent, Umar anhu would say takbirat so loud that فَيَسْمَعُهُ أَهْلُ الْمَسْجِدِ That the people of the masjid would hear him. فَيُكَبِّرُونَ So they would also do takbirat. وَيُكَبِّرُ أَهْلُ الْأَسْوَاقِ And because of that, the people in the marketplaces would do takbirat. So much so that That mina would be echoing with The sound of takbirat وَكَانَ ibn Umar And Ibn Umar radiallahu anhu The son of Umar radiallahu anhu What did he do? يُكَبِّرُ بِمِنًا He would also do takbirat in mina تِلْكَ الْأَيَّامِ On these days وَخَلْفَ الصَّلَوَاتِ Which days? أَيَامُ التَّشْرِيقِ And also after the prayers وَعَلَى فِرَاشِهِ and also on his bed. Wafi fustatihi. And also in his tent. Wamajlisihi. And also in his sitting. Meaning if he was sitting somewhere, he would say takbirat. Wamamshahu. And also while he would be walking. From mashiun. What is mashi? To walk. Mamsha. This is mastar. Mastar mimi. To walk. Okay? Walking. Tilkal ayyama jami'an. All of these days. He would say takbirat all the time. Wherever he was. وَكَانَتْ مَيْمُونَةُ And Maymunah رضي الله عنها تُكَبِّرُ يَوْمَ النَّحْرِ She would also say takbirat on the day of Nahr. يَوْمُ النَّحْرِ is the 10th of Dhul-Hijjah. 
when the hujjaj will offer sacrifice and come out of their ihram and those who are not doing hajj what are they doing celebrating eid so maymuna radhiyallahu anha would say takbirat on yawmun nahr on the day of eid wa kunna nisa'u and the women used to yukabbirna they would say takbirat khalfa behind meaning after Aban ibn Uthman, Aban ibn Uthman, wa Umar ibn Abdul Aziz, and Umar ibn Abdul Aziz. Remember that Umar ibn Abdul Aziz became the Khalifa. So basically, this tradition it continued even after the time of the Sahaba, that even the women would say takbirat behind Umar ibn Abdul Aziz when Layali al-Tashriq, even on the nights of Tashriq, meaning 11th, 12th, and 13th. So during the days and during the nights. And the women would also say takbirat ma'ar rijali with the men fil masjid, in the masjid. Now from all of these athar, what do we learn? That the way of the companions and the way of those who came after them was what? That in these days, which days? The days of Dhul-Hijjah and especially the days of Tashriq. What would they say? Takbirat. When? All the time basically. But especially in the days of Tashriq. Alright? And we see that takbirat were said uh, at home, outside, in the marketplace, all right, in the masjid. Men are saying takbirat, women are saying takbirat. When they were sitting, they said takbirat. When they were walking, they would say takbirat. So much so that uh, mina would echo with the sound of takbirat. Isn't that amazing? Mina would echo with the sound of takbirat. These days, we can create that sound of echo really easily by saying takbirat. You know, from a computer or something like that, really loud. But this is even better because people were saying takbirat themselves. This shows that everyone was involved in saying takbirat. It doesn't mean that everyone has to say it together, but everyone should be saying takbirat out loud. حدثنا أبو نعيم قال حدثنا مالك بن أنس قال حدثني محمد بن أبي بكر الثقفي قال سألت أنس ونحن غاديان من منا إلى عرفات عن التلبية He said that we asked uh, Anas رضي الله عنه about تلبية When? ونحن غاديان من منا When we were coming from Mina towards إلى عرفات Towards عرفات So basically from Mina to عرفات On that journey they asked him about the talbiyah. They said, كَيْفَ كُنْتُمْ What's the question that they asked? That how did you use to تَصْنَعُونَ مَعَ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ How did you, what did you, or how did you say the takbirat with the Prophet ﷺ or with the talbiyah? With the Prophet ﷺ. How did you say the talbiyah or takbirat with the Prophet ﷺ? قَالَ He said, كَانَ He used to يُلَبِّي Say the talbiyah. Who? Al-Mulabbita Talbiyah. And what is Talbiyah? Labbaik Allahumma Labbaik. And who says the Talbiyah? The one who is in Ihram. The Hujjaj. Right? So he said that someone would do Talbiyah. La yunkaru alayhi. No objection was made against him. Meaning this was not found objectionable. Wa yukabbiru al-mukabbir. And a person would say takbirat. Fala yunkaru alayhi. And there was no problem with that either. Meaning... One person would say the talbiyah, another would say takbirat. So in other words, he said that everybody would be involved in doing either takbirat or the talbiyah. Now, remember that ayyam al-ashr, the first 10 days of the hijjah are they important? Yes. And then after the first 10 days of the hijjah the three days, 11th to the 13th, ayyam al-tashriq. These days, 
all of these days, what are they? The days of remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and hastening, rushing in good deeds. Because earlier we learned that in these 10 days, if a person performs any good deed, that is most beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, even more than jihad fi sabilillah, except that a person goes out and he does not return. So, ayamul ashr are the days of doing good deeds. And ayamul tashriq, especially they are for what? Takbirat. And remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, the takbir in these days, ayamul ashr and ayamul tashriq, it's divided into two categories. And that is what is being mentioned over here. The first category is takbir which is غير muqayyad, which is not restricted. Meaning takbirat which should be said at any time. Alright? Once the month of Dhul-Hijjah begins, say takbirat, anytime. We learn from the way of the companions, at home, in the tent, in the marketplace, walking, sitting. This is what? General takbir, غير muqayyad, anytime. It is not limited to a specific time. And it is sunnah to say this all of the time. Morning, evening, before the salah, after the salah, at all times. You understand? These takbirat should begin once the month of Dhul-Hijjah begins. And which kind of takbirat is this? غير muqayyad. Okay? And when is it that the month of Dhul-Hijjah begins? After the sunset of the month of, uh, the last day of the month of Dhul-Qarda. So basically when the moon has been sighted, the month begins, what should be done? Takbirat should be said. And these takbirat should be said until when? Until the 13th day of Dhul-Hijjah. Until the end of Ayyam tashriq when should takbirat be said? Any time, all the time. The second category is takbir which is muqayyad. Takbirat at certain times. Within these days, takbirat at certain times. And this is takbir that is limited to the time immediately after salah. Because we see that in the athar that were mentioned, that the sahaba, what was their way? That after the salah, they would say, they would say, takbirat. Alright? And this is the reason why you will find that in the month of Dhul-Hijjah, and especially Ayamut Tashriq, and also especially on the day of Eid, if you go to the masjid and perform the salah, what will happen after that salah? Everyone is saying takbirat. You wonder, is this a bid'ah? It's not an innovation. Okay? Because the Sahaba used to say takbirat after salah in these days. This is called takbir muqayyad. And when does it begin? The time of it is from Fajr on the day of Arafah. So it doesn't begin from the first day of the Hijjah. Okay? It begins from when? The ninth day of the Hijjah, which is the day of Arafah. Fajr of that day. Until when? The sun sets on the last day of Ayamut Tashriq. So 13th of the Hijjah. So is it clear now? In these days, from the day of Arafah until the 13th of the Hijjah. After every salah, it is better for a person to say the takbirat. Can he say takbirat in general? Of course he can. That is the first category. But the second category is what? That muqayyad in these days, especially 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th, and 13th. What do we do? We begin with the first day of the hijjah and then on Eid day, we stop takbirat. Whereas that is the time to actually say the takbirat, especially pay attention to takbirat on those days. And especially when? After the salah. So how will a person say takbirat after salah? How? 
So for example, after salah, you say your masnoon adhkar. Allah akbar, astaghfirullah, 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 Allahumma anta salam wa minka salam tabarakta ya dal jalali wal ikram. Alright? And then say the takbirat. And this is for who? Ghair muhrim. The one who is not doing hajj. Okay? Especially for him. And the muhrim, the one who is at hajj, what will he do? He will be saying the talbiyah. However, after the tenth, meaning after doing his nahr, he will also say takbirat, especially after the salah. However, in the state of ihram, can the muhrim say the takbirat? Of course he can, because that was the way of the companions. Some said takbirat, some said talbiyah, both are fine. So in summary, what do we learn? To summarize everything. Beginning of the hijjah until the end of Ayamut Tashriq. These days are days of takbirat, especially. Alright? For who? Ghair Muhrim and also the one who is in Ihram. Everybody should be saying takbirat. However, the Muhrim should especially be paying attention to talbiyah once he's wearing his Ihram. He should not neglect saying the talbiyah. Alright? Okay. And when will a person say takbirat? All the time. This is general takbir. Right? Ghair muqayyad. Now the second category, muqayyad. Especially, when is it that a person should say takbirat? After salah. On which days? From yawm arafah until the end of ayam al-tashriq. From the 9th to the 13th. When? After salah. And especially when salah is performed in jama'ah. Alright, especially when salah is performed in jama'ah, in congregation. If you notice, in these days there is so much emphasis on doing dhikr oneself, takbirat, and also saying them out loud. Why? So that everyone can say, people are reminded. Think about it, men are saying takbirat, and with them the women are also saying takbirat. Because uh, when everybody is saying something out loud, then what happens? Everyone enters that mode, isn't it? It feels like Dhul Hijjah. And you have to create that feeling. The Eid is not just about Eid Salah and that's it. And eating your meat. No. Eid is about remembering and glorifying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the atmosphere has to be created. Within the house and also outside the house. حدثنا محمد حدثنا عمر بن حفص قال حدثنا أبي عن عاصم عن حفصة عن أم عطية قالت she said كنا نؤمر she said we used to be ordered أن نخرج that we bring out that we come out يوم العيد on the day of Eid meaning women we were told that on the day of Eid we should go out for what purpose for صلاة العيد why would people go out on Eid day first and foremost for صلاة العيد حَتَّى سُمَتْ سُو ذَاتْ نُخْرِجَ الْبِكْرَ مِنْ خِدْرِهَا We would also bring out with us, meaning out of our homes, who? Al-Bikra, virgin girls, meaning young girls of marriageable age. مِنْ خِدْرِهَا From their خِدْر, خِدْر private quarters. Because at that time, young girls who were, who were reaching the age of marriage, they were kept at home. Okay? Why? So that, you know, they have haya, they have shyness, they're modest. You know, when girls go out too much, interact with people too much, then what happens? People set their eyes on them. Right? Girls are, and these days what happens? Girls are being displayed. On events, on certain days, girls are told, you dress up properly, more. Why? 
so that you get lots of proposals. This is the hidden intention of the parents. People want to find out about certain occasions where they can take their daughters and display them. Hmm? Whereas at that time, what was the culture? Hide the girls. But they said that on the day of Eid, we would bring all girls out. So much so that even Al-Huyyad, who are the Huyyad? Menstruating women. So they would be behind the people. Meaning, where when everybody would come for Eid Salah, people would be gathered for Eid Salah, Eid Salah would begin. Where would the menstruating women be? At the back. However, فَيُكَبِّرْنَ بِتَكْبِيرِهِمْ they would also say takbirat with the takbir of the people. Meaning before salah, after salah, when people would be saying takbirat, the menstruating women would also say takbirat. وَيَدْعُونَ بِدُعَائِهِمْ And they would also make dua with the dua of the rest of the people. Meaning they would be a part of the congregational dua. يَرْجُونَ بَرَكَةَ ذَلِكَ الْيَوْمِ وَالطُّهْرَتَهُ Hoping for the barakah of this day and its purification. Look at the intention of the Sahabiyat. When they would go for salah, what would they hope for? Seeking barakah. Because when there is a gathering, an assembly of people, so many people coming out together, and even if a person is not praying salah, still they should participate in that gathering just by attending that gathering. Why? To seek its barakah. Because it happens sometimes that for a genuine reason, we're not able to participate in something actively participate in it. But just because we cannot participate in it a hundred percent doesn't mean that we deprive ourselves completely. Right? So likewise they would go for Eid prayer, even though they were not performing their Eid prayer, they would say takbirat, they would do whatever they could, say takbirat, participate in the dua and benefit from the barakah and also watuhratahu and seek its purification. Purification of that day? How? Purification from what? From sins. Going for salah, performing salah, saying takbirat, making dua, all of this is a part of purification. So everyone should benefit from this. Why was this hadith brought over here? فَيُكَبِّرْنَ بِتَكْبِيرِهِمْ Saying takbirat on the day of Eid also. On the 10th of Dhul-Hijjah. In the Bab, what do we learn? On going to Arafah. So on the day of Arafah, takbirat. On the day of Eid, takbirat. And after that also, takbirat. باب الصلاة إلى الحربة يوم العيد الصلاة performing the prayer إلى الحربة facing a spear يوم العيد on the day of Eid why a spear as a sutra because it's a large congregation and when there's so many people gathered together in one place it's inevitable that people will have to there will be some people who will have to break their prayer in the middle or go somewhere right or children running back and forth between the rows. It, it's inevitable. It, it cannot be avoided. So we know that when a person is performing the prayer and there will be traffic in that area, what is recommended? That he should have a sutra in front of him. So on the day of Eid, when Salatul Eid is being performed, what should be in front of the imam? A sutra. Alright? Whatever is possible, a sutra should be there. And remember that Eid Salah was performed where? In an open space. There was no wall of the masjid. Alright? As a sutra. No member, nothing as a sutra. So especially because of that reason, placing a sutra. Because remember that the sutra of the imam 
serves as a sutra of those who are praying behind him also. So the imam especially should have a sutra in front of him to create ease for the rest of the people. حدثنا محمد بن بشار قال حدثنا عبد الوهاب قال حدثنا عبيد الله عن نافع عن ابن عمر أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم كانت تركز الحربة قدامه that a spear would be placed in front of him how? تركز meaning upright, straight so it would be fixed in the ground alright so that it would be upright يوم الفطر on the day of fitr والنحر and also on the day of نحر meaning on both eids ثم يصلي then he would pray meaning he would make sure that there was a sutra in front of him and then he would perform the salah and this teaches us as a general rule also at home if ever you're praying together in a jama'ah and there's children what should be done a sutra must be placed in front of the imam for everyone's convenience باب حمل العنزة أو الحربة بين يدي الإمام يوم العيد Carrying a sharp stick. What is anaza? A sharp stick. Or a spear. In front of the imam when on the day of Eid. Earlier we learned that weapons should not be brought to Eid prayer. But here what do we see? That something like that is being brought. Why? Because if that is convenient to bring, it may be brought as sutra. But everyone coming with a weapon as a sutra, that is not okay. Because it creates an atmosphere of fear. Alright? حدثنا إبراهيم بن المنذر قال حدثنا الوليد قال حدثنا أبو عمر قال أخبرني نافع عن ابن عمر قال كان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يغدو إلى المصلى He said that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم used to go out early يغدو from غدا to go out in the morning where to the مصلى to the place of prayer والعنزة بين يديه and an عنزة a sharp stick would be in front of him تحمل وتنصب it would be carried and it, it would be uh, placed, meaning tunsabu nasb is to fix something, right? In the ground. Bil musalla, at the place of prayer, bayna yadayhi, in front of him. And when it would be placed, when it would be fixed in the ground in front of him, fayusalli ilayha, then he would pray towards it, meaning facing it, in the direction of it. Which shows that the sutra should be in front of a person. And it also shows that the sutra does not have to be that big and wide. Because if you think about it, a spare... Or a sharp stick, is it really wide? No, it's not. It's just stick. It's so narrow. So thin. Even that will suffice as a sutra. Bab خروج nisai The going out of women. والحيضي And the menstruating women. إلى المصلى To the place of prayer. If you think about it, was this not proven earlier? Yes. However, separate bab is being made. And the and similar ahadith will be brought, and you will notice this in the way of Imam Bukhari, that ahadith is mentioned earlier on, which proves several points. However, he will mention a different bab, and he will bring the same hadith, either the exact same hadith, or, but mostly he will bring the same hadith, but from a different chain of narration, so that if a person doesn't get it, he will definitely get it, right? خروج النساء والحيض إلى المصلى. Meaning, should they even go for Salat al-Eid? Yes, they should. But in many Muslim cultures today, what is done? On Eid day, women go not for Salat al-Eid. On the night before, they will be out all night, all evening. Where? In the marketplace. But the masjid, they cannot go. The musalla, they cannot go. 
Whereas we see that women are being brought out of their houses only for the purpose of attending Salatul Eid. If you think about it, what is Eid? Is it a religious celebration or a cultural celebration? Religious, right? So how can a religious celebration be celebrated without going to the masjid? Without salah? It will have no spirit. And this is the reason why I mean, Eid for us is just about eating and dressing up. And not more than that. Whereas we see that the Eid is more than that. Takbirat, Salatul Eid. حدثنا عبد الله بن عبد الوهاب قال حدثنا حماد عن أيوب عن محمد عن أم عطية قالت she said أمرنا أن نخرج أم عطية she said we were ordered to go out to bring out نخرج because نخرج is what? to bring out خرج he went out alright نخرج we go out but نخرج to bring out أمرنا أن نخرج we were ordered to bring out al-awatiqa, the awatiq, wadawat al-khuduri, and those of khudur. Awatiq is a plural of atiqa, and who is she? Not just a mature girl, a free woman. Okay, a free woman who is honorable, modest. She has good adab. She's not someone who'll be walking outside and speaking with every other man and. Flirting, no. Awatiq. Wadawatil khudur. Dawatil khudur. Basically, it's a term that is used for virgin girls. So we were told to bring out our girls. Wa'an ayuba an hafsata binahwihi. And from Ayyub, from on the authority of Hafsa, a similar statement was also narrated. Wazada fi hadithi hafsata qala aw qalatil awatiqa wadawatil khudur. The order was reversed. Wa'atazilna al huyyadu. But the huyyad, the menstruating women, they would keep away from the place of prayer. Bab khuruj sibiyani ila al The children also coming to the place of salah on Eid. Are the children required to pray? Depends on the age. But a three-year-old child, for example, a two-year-old child, no. Will he pray? Perhaps he will stand for half a rakah and then he will start making noise, right? But still, bringing children out and asibyan, babies. Okay, little children, young children, very, very little children. Now imagine if so many babies are present in one gathering. Will there be noise? Of course. And after Eid Salah is supposed to be a khutbah. And if little children are being brought, that means the mothers are also coming. What does it show? Eid is for everybody. Eid is for everyone. Men, women, old, young. Those who are praying and those who are not praying. Everyone should come on read. Everyone should participate in the read prayer. حدثنا عمرو بن عباس قال حدثنا عبد الرحمن حدثنا سفيان عن عبد الرحمن قال سمعت ابن عباس قال هيسد خرجت مع النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يوم فطر أو أضحى. He said, Ibn Abbas, who was still very young when the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم was alive. He said, I went out with the Prophet ﷺ on the day of Fitr, or it was the day of Adha, meaning one of the two Eid prayers. فَصَلَّى Then the Prophet ﷺ prayed the Salah, ثُمَّ خَطَبَ Then he addressed the people, ثُمَّ أَتَى النِّسَاءَ Then he came to the women, فَوَعَضَهُنَّ وَذَكَّرَهُنَّ He advised them and reminded them, وَأَمْرَهُنَّ بِالصَّدَقَةِ And he ordered them to give Sadaqah. So, Ibn Abbas is narrating this. 
He was very young at that time. What does it show? That young children should also go to the musalla. And the thing is that read prayer. The larger the congregation, the better it is. Alright? Why? More barakah. When there is a big gathering, then there is barakah. You know, for example, you're eating something yourself. And you ate an entire sandwich, but still you feel hungry. So you go through your you know, kitchen and find some junk food to eat or something to bring you that satisfaction. And there were people who complained to the Prophet ﷺ that we eat, but we don't feel satisfied. He said, perhaps you eat separately. Eat together so that you will have barakah. Blessing. So remember that the greater the gathering, the more the blessing. And this is the reason why Eid gathering should be the biggest gathering of the year. Largest gathering of the year. And this is why everyone should come. Every individual matters. Every child matters. Every baby matters. Every woman matters. Even if she's not praying, she should come. Because when there are more people making dua to Allah, there is more mercy. Alright? Bab istiqbal al-imam al-nasa fi khutbat al-eid. Istiqbali. Facing al-imam of the imam. Who? Al-nasa, the people. Meaning the imam facing the people. When? Fi khutbat al-eid. When he is giving the khutbah of eid. Does this remind you of something? Jumu'ah khutbah. That in the Jumu'ah khutbah also, the imam is required to face the people. Eid khutbah also, the imam is required to face the people. Why? Okay. They can see him. He can see them. Because he's addressing the people. Alright. قَالَ أَبُو سَعِيدٍ Abu Sa'id said, قَامَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ مُقَابِلَ النَّاسِ The Prophet ﷺ stood مُقَابِلَ النَّاسِ facing the people. حدثنا أبو نعيم قال حدثنا محمد بن طلحة عن زبيد عن الشعبي عن البراء قال خرج النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يوم أضحى He said the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم went out on the day of أضحى meaning on عيد الأضحى إلى البقيع to بقير فصلى ركعتين and then he performed two ركعات ثم أقبل علينا بوجهه then he turned towards us with his face. Meaning he was facing us, looking at us. وَقَالَ And he said, إِنَّ أَوَّلَ نُسُكِنَا فِي يَوْمِنَا هَذَا Indeed the first nusuk, the first ritual of ours on this day is أَنَّبْدَأَ بِالصَّلَةِ That we will begin with the salah. ثُمَّ نَرْجِعَ فَنَنْحَقْ Then we will return, meaning go from here and slaughter our animals. فَمَنْ فَعْلَ ذَلِكَ Then whoever does that, فَقَدْ وَافَقَ سُنَّتَنَا Whoever does that, meaning first the prayer, then the sacrifice, then he has acted in accordance with our sunnah. وَمَنْ زَبَحَ قَبْلَ ذَلِكَ And whoever slaughters before that, meaning before the prayer, فَإِنَّمَا هُوَ شَيْءٌ عَجَّلَهُ لِأَهْلِ Then it is just something that he has brought early for his family. Meaning it's just meat. لَيْسَ مِنَ النُّسُكِ فِي شَيْءٍ He will get nothing of the reward of nusuk, meaning of the ritual. The ritual has not been performed. فَقَامَ رَجُلٌ So a man stood. فَقَالَ So he said, Ya Rasulullah, Allah, Messenger of Allah, إِنِّي ذَبَحْتُ I slaughtered my animal already. وَعِنْدِي جَذَعَتُنْ However, I do have a very small animal. 
that is khayrun, that is better, min musinna, than a two-year-old. Meaning a small one, that is better than a two-year-old. Qala idbaha, slaughter it, wala tafi'an ahadim ba'dak. And it's not for anyone after you. So again, this hadith has been brought. Same hadith, to prove a different point. And you know what's amazing? That every word proves something. You can extract lessons from almost every statement of hadith and every statement of the Qur'an. What do we generally look at? A few verses together. What's the theme of these verses? And then we take one message. But what do we learn? That from every statement you can extract a lesson. You can extract a benefit. Earlier this hadith was used to prove different points. And you will notice that this hadith will be brought again and again to prove so many different points. These are the words that prove that the imam should be facing the people and he should not be facing the qibla when he's giving the khutbah. When is it that you have to face the qibla? When you're performing the salah. Right? But khutbah is not part of salah. Which is why the imam can have his back towards the qibla and he can be facing, what can he be facing? The people, the congregation. Bab al-alam, the sign, alladhi which bil musalla, which is for the place of prayer. Meaning, is it okay to appoint something as a sign so that people know where the musalla is? Is it okay? Yes, it is okay. Because Salatul Eid is not being performed in the masjid. It's being performed somewhere else. In an open field. Which open field? Which open space? Could be anywhere. So, how will people be told? There was no email at that time. No phones at that time. So, some signs that were appointed. People were told from before. Hmm? And there's a benefit in this that people don't get lost. Because imagine, Eid Salah is early and everybody's coming and they don't know where the Salah is. So if there are signs posted somewhere, it's helpful. And this shows to us that it's a sunnah to inform people of the venue, of the location, of the time. حدثنا مسدد قال حدثنا يحيى عن سفيان قال حدثني عبد الرحمن بن عابس قال سمعت ابن عباس قيل له it was said to him أشهدت العيد مع النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Did you ever witness Eid with the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم? Did you ever perform any Eid prayer with him? قال نعم He said of course I did yes ولو لا مكاني And if it was not for my position من الصغري of young age ما شهدته I would not have been with him Because Young children, little children, they can go anywhere. Right? Especially in a large gathering. They go from one person to the other and they go from, you know, with the men to the women's side and from the women's side to the men's side. So children have the best, you can say, you know, understanding of what's going on in Eid day. Really. Because they go everywhere. Inside, outside, men's side, women's side, front and back. If you want to find someone, ask a child. If you want to give a message, ask a child. Right? If you want to know if the food is ready, ask the child. They will know. So Ibn Abbas anhu on Eid day, he went with the Prophet ﷺ and he said, Yes, I did. You know, how much children do and how much they can observe and how much they can remember. We really underestimate children. How capable they are. We, we underestimate children and we, uh, we don't even guide them to what is best for them. I think it's Eid, they just let them enjoy. 
and let them have fun. So children grow up with this understanding that we're only supposed to have fun. We're children. But they're more capable of just having fun. Have fun, but along with that, make them notice things which are uh, you know, important. Learn things which are important. Hatta at al-alam. He said, I was with him until Atta he came to al-alam, the sign. Which sign? Alladhi which? Inda, that was near Dari, the home of Kathir ibn Salt. Of Kathir bin Salt. Meaning there was something, you know, over there which was appointed as a sign. Okay, whatever it was, Allahu A'lam. Some say that it was actually the house of Kathir bin Salt. Alright? So the, the, the place of prayer was near his house. Fasalla, so he prayed. Thumma khataba, then he gave a khutbah. Thumma atan nisa, then he came to the women. Wama'ahu bilalun, and with him was bilal. فَوَعَضَهُنَّ وَذَكَّرَهُنَّ He advised them, he reminded them, وَأَمَرَهُنَّ بِالصَّدَقَةِ And he ordered them to give sadaqah. فَرَأَيْتُهُنَّ I saw them, يُهْوِينَ They were throwing بِأَيْدِيهِنَّ with their hands, يَقْذِفْنَهُ They were throwing it. What? The sadaqah. The jewelry. فِي ثَوْبِ بِلَالٍ In the cloth of بِلَالٍ رَضِ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ ثُمَّ انطَلَقَ Then he went, هُوَ هِي وَبِلَالٌ And بِلَال إِلَى Bab Mawridatil Imam in Nisa'a Yawm al Eid. Mawridah. What is Mawridah? To advise, admonish. Al Imam Imam. Who? An Nisa'a, the women. So the Imam advising the women when? Yawm al Eid, on the day of Eid. Again, this hadith we learned earlier. If somebody didn't get it then, they should get it now. Especially addressing the women on the day of Eid. Why? Because the congregation is huge. And children are making a lot of noise. And the women are at the back. Many women will be talking. And this is why majority of the women would miss out on the khutbah. So, should they be deprived? No. The imam is making an effort to go especially to the women's side and address them. So that they are not left out. But these days, alhamdulillah, with the microphones... Uh, it's not that necessary. However, it shows that for certain matters, I mean, if women, uh, they need to be addressed, can a man address them? Can he? Or no? Why are some people saying yes only? Because sometimes we feel uncomfortable that why is a man teaching women? Why? It's perfectly fine. The Prophet ﷺ did that. Especially if that man, he has that knowledge, that skill, that ability then if he is the best in that field, then why not? There is nothing wrong in that. As long as proper hijab, proper akhlaq, proper adab is maintained on the part of both men as well as the women in such a gathering, there is no harm. And sometimes in fact it's better. Because then people are paying more attention. Right? Haddathani Ishaq ibn Ibrahim ibn نصر قال حدثنا عبد الرزاق قال حدثنا ابن جريج قال أخبرني عطاء عن جابر بن عبد الله قال سمعته يقول he said I heard him saying قام النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يوم الفطر the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم he stood he got up on the day of fitr فصلى then he prayed فبدأ بالصلاة and he began with the prayer meaning the first thing he did was the salah ثم خطب then he addressed the people فلما فرغ then when he uh, when he finished, meaning when he finished giving the khutbah, nazala, he came down, meaning he approached, fa'atan nisa'a, and he came to the women. فَذَكَّرَهُنَّ and he reminded them, 
وَهُوَ يَتَوَكَّأُ While he was reclining عَلَى يَدِ بِلَالٍ On the hand of Bilal Radullahu Anhu وَبِلَالٌ أَنْ بِلَالٌ بَاسِطٌ سَوْبَهُ He had spread out his سَوْب His garment يُلْقِ فِيهِ النِّسَاءُ الصَّدَقَةِ And the women were throwing their صَدَقَةِ in it قُلْتُ لِعَطَائٍ I said to عطاء The narrator Meaning Ibn Juraj He said I asked عطاء زَكَاةَ يَوْمِ الْفِطْرِ Were the women giving the zakat of Yawm al-Fitr? What is that called? Fitrana, fitra. Uh, were the women giving that? قَالَ لَا He said no. وَلَكِنْ صَدَقَةً They were giving sadaqa. يَتَصَدَّقْنَ حِينَ إِذَنْ They were giving sadaqa at that time. You know, this question, what does it show? That many of us, we think that uh, charity is, is only supposed to be that, you know, which is mandatory. Zakat, you know, for the money that's been sitting for one year. Or uh, sadaqa, when? On, you know, of Eid uh, al-Fitr. This is what we think charity is all about. But charity is more than that. These women were not giving fitra. What were they giving? Sadaqa. So on Eid, we should not just be concerned about giving fitra, but also sadaqa. Tulqi, a woman would throw. Fataqaha, her fatah, meaning a silver ring. Wayulqina. And they would also throw. Meaning, it wasn't that only one woman or two were giving sadaqah. No. So many women were giving sadaqah. Qultu, I said, Atura haqqan ala al-imam dhalik? Do you think that this is necessary for the imam? That he should also go to the women's side and address them? Wa That he should remind them? Qala, he said, Innahu lahaqqun alayhim. Of course it is necessary for them. For who? For the imam. وَمَا لَهُمْ لَا يَفْعَلُونَهُ And what is wrong with them that they wouldn't do it? So from this, what is Imam Bukhari proving? That the Imam should address the women on the day of Eid. قَالَ ابْنُ جُرَيْجٍ Ibn Jurayj said, وَأَخْبَرَنِي الْحَسَنُ بْنُ مُسْلِمْ That Hassan bin Muslim informed me عن طاووس from طاووس عن ابن عباس from ابن عباس رضي الله عنهما May Allah be pleased with both of them. Both of who? Ibn Abbas. So who? The father and the son. Who's the father? Abbas. And who's the son? Abdullah ibn Abbas. Qala, he said, Shahidtu al-fitra. He said, I was present, I witnessed the fitr, meaning Eid al-fitr. Ma'an Nabiya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa Abi Bakrin and Abu Bakr wa Umar wa Uthman. He mentions three khalifas over here. Radiallahu anhum. Yusallunaha. All of them would pray. The salah. قبل الخطبة, before the khutbah. Meaning this was the habit, the custom in all of these times. From the time of the Prophet ﷺ to the time of Uthman as we see in this hadith. Ali also continued with this. Alright? However, he's not mentioned over here. Why? Because perhaps Ibn Abbas narrated this during that time. Right? When Ali was not the Khalifa. And also because Ali when he became the Khalifa, Medina was not the center anymore. It was moved elsewhere because there was a lot of bloodshed at that time. Uh, so he wanted the city of the Prophet ﷺ to be saved from that bloodshed. Uthman was assassinated in Medina. Imagine. Makkah was also attacked earlier. So this is the reason why he moved the center of Khilafah elsewhere. So he said that the salah was always before the khutbah. ثُمَّ يُخْطَبُ بَعْدُ Then the khutbah would be Afterwards, Kharaja Nabiya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, 
the Prophet ﷺ came out, كَأَنِّي أَنظُرُ إِلَيْهِ As if I am looking at him right now. Because when you recall something of the past, then it's as though you can see it. كَأَنِّي أَنظُرُ إِلَيْهِ And how beautiful it must be to remember those scenes. Recall the memories of the Prophet ﷺ. It's as though I can see him. The time when he was making people sit with his hand. How? By indicating, by gesturing with his hand. When he came to perform the salah, some people were sitting, some people were standing. So he gestured with his hand, indicating that everybody should sit down. And this shows that in a large gathering, where there's so many people, what is better? Scream to get the attention of people? Mm-mm. What is better? Gestures. Because when you will scream, there will be more noise, more chaos. Nobody is going to understand what's happening. And the Prophet ﷺ, what did he encourage people? That they should adopt waqar, sakina, tranquility, calmness. Right? When going for salah also, calm down. In a large gathering, calm down. Because when noise is created, uh, you know, everyone becomes hyper. You, you, you get distracted. So, حِينَ يُجْلِسُ بِيَدِهِ ثُمَّ أَقْبَلَ Then he came, meaning after the salah, after the khutbah, he came, يَشُقُّهُمْ He was going forward through the rows. Because shakka يَشُقُّ is basically to cut through, to split. So, after the prayer, after the khutbah, what happened? He went through the prayer rows, the, the rows of the people, حَتَّى until جَاءَ النِّسَاءَ He came to the women. And مَعَهُ بِلَالٌ With him was Bilal. So حَتَّى جَاءَ النِّسَاءَ مَعَهُ بِلَالٌ And with him was Bilal. فَقَالَ So he said, meaning when he came to the women, he addressed the women. And he began with the recitation of an ayah. يَا أَيُّهَا النَّبِيُّ إِذَا جَاءَكَ الْمُؤْمِنَاتُ يُبَايِعْنَكَ This ayah. Where is this ayah? Surah Al-Mumtahina. Remember that in Surah Al-Mumtahina, what do we learn? After the Treaty of Hudaybiyah, what happened? There were people, Muslims, living in Mecca who wished to migrate to Medina. Some were men and some were women. An agreement was made that if the men come, then such and such would happen. Anyway, there were women who were coming to Medina. So uh, it wasn't clear why the women were coming. Were they coming because they really wanted to do hijrah? Or were they coming because they wanted to leave their husband and their family? Alright? Because it happens many times that people, they use their religion to accomplish their worldly goals. Alright? So, this is why these ayat were revealed that when women come in the name of doing hijrah, and then what should happen? Yubayirnaka. They should do bayah with you. They should give their allegiance to you. And what should they promise to do? That they will not associate any partner with Allah. This is ayah number 12 of Surah Al-Mumtahina. And that they should not steal. They will not steal. And that they will not commit zina. And that they will not kill their children. And that they will not fabricate uh, a buhtan, meaning a false allegation, a slander. Yaftarinahu, 
that they themselves fabricate bayna aydihinna wa arjulihinna that they fabricate intentionally forging falsehood wala ya'sinaka fi ma'ruf and also that they will not disobey you in a ma'ruf matter so if they agree over this fabay'uhunna then do bay'ah with them wastaghfir lahunna Allah and seek forgiveness for them from Allah inna Allah ghafurur rahim indeed Allah is forgiving and merciful so when the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam came to the women he recited this ayah al ayah ثُمَّ قَالَ Then he said, حِينَ فَرَغَ مِنْهَا When he finished reciting the ayah, he said, أَن تُنَّ عَلَى ذَلِكَ Are you upon that? Are you observing this? Are you doing what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has especially revealed concerning you? قَالَتِ امْرَأَةٌ وَاحِدَةٌ قَالَتِ امْرَأَةٌ A woman said, وَاحِدَةٌ Only one woman, مِنْهُنَّ from, from all of them. Only one woman spoke. لَمْ يُجِبْهُ غَيْرُهَا No one else responded except for her. And what did she say? نَعُمْ Yes, we are upon this. لَا يَدْرِي حَسَنٌ مَنْ هِيَ Hassan did not know who she was. Meaning, who that woman was? They didn't know. قَالَ He said, meaning the Prophet ﷺ said, فَتَصَدَّقْنَا Then you should give صَدَقَةً if you are upon this, meaning you are following this, these rules that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed for you especially, then give sadaqah. فَبَسَطَ بِلَالٌ So Bilal, he spread out ثَوْبَهُ His cloth. ثُمَّ قَالَ Then Bilal said, هَلُمَّ Come on, meaning go ahead women, what are you waiting for? Give sadaqah. لَكُنَّ فِدَاءٌ أَبِي وَأُمِّي May my father and mother be sacrificed. فَيُلْقِينَ الْفَتَخَةِ وَالْخَوَاتِينَ So the women began tossing their fatakh. What is fatakh? A ring that is made of silver. Wal khawatim. What is khatim? A ring which is also used as a seal. Alright? Meaning it has something engraved on it because that is how it would be used as a seal. Alright? Fi thawbi bilal. In the cloth of bilal lubdhawanhu. Qala Abdul Razak al fatakhu al khawatim al idham. Abdul Razak said that these were rings which were idham, meaning big rings. Kanat fil jahiliya. They used to exist in the time of Jahiliya, meaning long time ago, this was the trend. These were the rings that the women would wear. So whatever was, you know, with the women, that's what they gave. They didn't think, oh, but this is mine and this is in. No, they gave it. Now, what do we learn from this hadith? First of all, what Imam Bukhari is proving over here, that the imam should go and address the women and speak to them. It doesn't need to be a long address. If you notice, what did the Prophet ﷺ say? Just al-ayah. And when he was done reciting the ayah, he said, "Antunna ala dalik." One woman said, "Yes, she spoke on, the, on behalf of everybody." The women must be shy, right? Obviously, if the Prophet ﷺ is asking a question, who can answer? <laughs> Think about it. What happens in a large gathering? You know, for example, if there is a sheikh, a scholar, and he asks a question, and you know the answer, why don't you speak? Because you feel shy. Such a big gathering and he's asking a question, what if I'm wrong? Or how can I speak? Somebody else will say the answer. So one woman dared and gave the answer. That's not rude, or is it? Is it necessary? Yes. That when you're being asked a question, give the answer. Alright. What else do we learn from this hadith? Giving sadaqah. You see, the Prophet ﷺ, he asked them, are you upon this? Are you doing what you're supposed to do? And they said, yes. He said, okay, if you are, then give sadaqah. What's the connection over here? Exactly. Meaning, if a person sees that 
Alhamdulillah, he is upon the deen. He is doing whatever is within his capacity, whatever that he knows, he is trying to implement it. Then he should also give sadaqah. She should also give sadaqah. Why? As shukr. And sadaqah, remember, it's a way of drawing closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sadaqah, it's a cause of forgiveness of sins. Many times what happens, we think that, oh, I'm doing everything. I don't need to give sadaqah. I'm praying my salah. You know, I speak well to the people. I'm learning the deen. I recite the Qur'an. I say my adhkar morning and evening. I, I don't need to give sadaqah. You know who needs to give sadaqah? People who do a lot of sin. Or people who don't study the deen. They need to give sadaqah. What does this hadith show to us? That the more a person is involved in the deen, the more sadaqah he needs to give. It doesn't need to be a big amount all the time. Whatever, whatever you can. Whatever it may be. Clothes, jewelry, whatever. And alhamdulillah over here we get so many opportunities. Food, old jacket, anything. Bring it, give it, give us sadaqah. And remember we learned that it's of the etiquette of seeking knowledge to give sadaqah. Before seeking knowledge and after seeking knowledge, meaning before you know, learning, give sadaqah. Why? Have your sins forgiven so that you can understand and you can learn what is being taught and you can retain that information because what prevents us from learning? What prevents us from memorizing? Sins. So give sadaqah to wash away those sins, to make the process of learning easy. Remember that famous incident that is narrated about Imam Shafir, he asked his teacher, Wakir, about bad memory, that I cannot remember anything. المعاصي, he told me to leave sins. Why? Because ilm is nur. It's not given to someone who commits sins. You know, uh, in Aqidat al-Wasatiyah, we learned the chapter on Al-Qadr. So many people find it difficult to understand Al-Qadr, its concepts. They find it difficult to understand. And this is the reason why it is said that it's the most difficult science field of study. In Islamic tradition, this has been the most difficult one, always. So, I was listening to one of the lectures in order to understand, and some people, it seemed from the voice of the teacher that some people are finding it difficult to understand. So she kept saying to them, do istighfar. If you're not understanding, do istighfar. And she didn't say just say just once, several times she said it, do istighfar if you're not understanding this. And it really hit me that many times we are trying to understand something, memorize something, but it just doesn't sink in. We don't get it. Everybody else gets it. I don't get it. We need to do istighfar. And part of istighfar is also to give sadaqah. Sadaqah is for who? Everyone. Everyone should give it. Especially those who are taking their deen seriously. It's a sign of sincerity, right? That a person is seeking Allah's help. A person wants Allah to become happy with him. So the Prophet ﷺ encouraged the women, give sadaqah if you are upon this, if you are following this. And also give sadaqah because you're doing your best, but you never know where you're falling short. So give sadaqah to make up for that. And uh, part of the ayah is وَلَا يَعْصِينَكَ فِي مَعْرُوفِ And part of ma'roof is sadaqah. Right? So he encouraged them to give sadaqah. And notice Bilal Abdullah anhu also. He, he is also encouraging the women. Halumma, come on, it's ready. The sheet is ready. Give sadaqah. What are you waiting for? 
It's sad, but unfortunately, we think that once we, you know, we're studying the deen or our children are learning something, then we are exempt from giving sadaqah. Who said we are exempt? We should be even more ahead in giving sadaqah, right? Whatever we can. Just today in, in fiqh qulub class, we uh, were learning about the qudra of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in that, a hadith was mentioned, hadith qudsi, which I'd like to share with you. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya ibadi, inni haramtu zulma ala nafsi, wa ja'altuhu baynakum muharraman. I have forbidden zulm upon myself, and I have also made it haram upon you. Fala tadalamu. So do not do zulm on one another. Ya ibadi, O my servants, kullukum dalun. All of you are astray. Illa man hadaytuhu. Except for the one whom I guide. Fastahduni ahdikum. So seek guidance from me, and I will guide you. Ya ibadi, kullukum ja'irun. Illa man at'amtuhu. O my servants, all of you are hungry, except for those whom I feed. Fastat'imuni. Ask me for food. Ut'imkum, I will feed you. Ya ibadi, O my servants, kullukum arin. All of you are naked. Illa man kasawtuhu. Except the one whom I give clothes to. Fastaksuni. Ask me for clothes, and I will clothe you. O my servants, indeed you sin by night and by day, and I forgive sins altogether. All sins only I can forgive. Fastaghfiruni, aghfir lakum. Seek forgiveness from me, I will forgive you. O my servants, indeed you can never ever harm me, and you can never benefit me. O my servants, indeed the first of you and the last of you, the men of you and the jinn of you, if all of you became like the most righteous person, like the heart, of the most righteous person among you, meaning if everyone became righteous, like the most righteous person that exists, it would not increase in my dominion at all. O my servants, if the first of you and the last of you, the men of you and the jinn of you, if you became like the most sinful person among you, that would not reduce my dominion at all. O my servants, indeed, the first of you and the last of you, the men of you and the jinn of you, if you all stood in one plane and you asked me and I gave every person what he asked for, that would not reduce what I have, except like what a needle reduces from the ocean when it's dipped into it. O my servants, إِنَّمَا هِيَ أَعْمَالُكُمْ It is your deeds, أُحْصِيهَا لَكُمْ which I am recording for you. ثُمَّ أُوَفِّيكُمْ إِيَّهَا Then I am going to give them to you in full. فَمَنْ وَجَدَ خَيْرًا فَلْيَحْمَدِ اللَّهِ Whoever finds something good, he should thank Allah. He should praise Allah. وَمَنْ وَجَدَ غَيْرَ ذَلِكَ And whoever finds something other than that, meaning something bad amongst his deeds, فَلَا يَلُومَنَّ إِلَّا نَفْسَهِ Then he should not blame except himself. What does this hadith show to us? That Allah is ghani. He is independent of us. And we are fully dependent on Him. For our physical needs and also our spiritual needs. He doesn't need us and we are desperately in need of Him. And there is no one who can fulfill our needs except Him. If we commit a sin, who can forgive us? Only He can. And then what is mentioned? That we can neither benefit Him nor can we harm Him. Whether we sin or we obey, we don't reduce His dominion. Because regardless of what our spiritual state is, what are we? We are still His servants.
Right? And then what is mentioned? That it is your deeds that are being written that you will be paid for. So think about it. What deeds are we getting recorded for ourselves? Think about it. Because sadaqah, we know it's really, really good. It will shade a person on the Day of Judgment. It is a means of erasing your sins. Uh, you know, sadaqah, it's a means of drawing close to Allah. So on and so forth. And when a person will give one thing as sadaqah, that is from tayyib mal, Allah will accept it. And Allah will cause it to grow. The example of sadaqah, we learn about it in Surah Al-Baqarah. We know about all of that stuff. But how much sadaqah have we actually given? How much sadaqah are we actually giving? It's not enough to just know. Information, knowledge, is alone is not sufficient. What did the Prophet ﷺ say? Are you upon this? Okay, then give sadaqah. Do something. Give charity. Actions matter. إِنَّمَا هِيَ أَعْمَالُكُمْ أُحْصِيهَا لَكُمْ ثُمَّ أُوَفِّيكُمْ إِيَّاهَا If you find something good in your record, praise Allah. And if you find other than that, blame yourself. Because the one who wants to give sadaqah, can they give sadaqah? Can they give sadaqah? Of course, without the tawfiq of Allah, no one can do it. But if a person wishes to give charity, can they give charity? Yes, they can. Then he doesn't come up with the excuse, Oh, but I don't have an income. Oh, but I have too many expenses. Oh, but I have very little money. I can barely cover my own expenses. No, these excuses, they don't matter. They, they cannot come for the one who wishes to give sadaqah because we have seen how the women gave sadaqah. How? One woman prepared food for men coming from Jumu'ah. She had a piece of land. She planted vegetables in it. She prepared the food in the most economical way. And she gave sadaqah every Jumu'ah. Wasn't that charity? Of course it was. Did she have to buy food? No. Did she have to spend a lot of money? Nothing. Here we see women, what are they giving as sadaqah? Their fashion jewelry. Their fashion, their, their jewelry, what they owned. What was beloved to them. This is so true. Uh, that when a person is generous and giving sadaqah, then he finds the money, he finds the opportunity. He'll find the food, he'll find the clothes, he'll find, you know, something to give. Because you want to give, you'll find the opportunities. And when a person is not in that mode, then he will find that what he has is even less for him. Of course, every good deed is a sadaqah. Kullu ma'roof in sadaqah. Right? Especially when you're helping someone, smiling at them. Uh, of course, that cannot be discredited. However, over here, what kind of sadaqah did the Prophet ﷺ ask the women to give? Mal. Something tangible, something physical. Right? So, whatever that a person has, you should also give from that. وَمِمَّا رَزَقْنَاهُمْ يُنْفِقُونَ وَفِي أَمْوَالِهِمْ حَقٌّ لِلسَّائِلِ وَالْمَحْرُومِ So, sadaqah from the mal is also necessary. Because this is what we begin to think. Sadaqah, my husband will give, my father gives. Okay? Me, I give my time, I smile. Very good, you do that. But in addition, don't forget to give monetary sadaqah. That is also necessary. And you see how the Prophet ﷺ is coming to the women and the one instruction that he gives them, give sadaqah. Because the men are giving sadaqah, but the women, sometimes they stay behind in this. They keep away from this, thinking that their men are giving sadaqah, so that should be sufficient.
باب اذا لم يكن لها جلباب في العيد when she meaning a woman does not have a jilbab for eid meaning on eid day a woman she finds out she should, she has to go for salatul eid but she says i don't have a jilbab should she still make an effort to go yes how without a jilbab huh what do we learn from the hadith borrow it from someone else So it shows us two things. First of all, she should go. And secondly, when she goes, she should wear jilbab. What is jilbab? Hijab? What is jilbab? The cloth that is worn on top of your clothes. Why? Because the clothes of a woman, what are they? They're zina, right? They're supposed to be beautiful. I mean, that's what, that's what a woman should wear. What do we wear? Honestly, once we start wearing jilbab, we forget about wearing beautiful clothes, even at home. At home, it's only pajamas. Under the abaya is also what? Only pajamas, mismatching, unironed, crumpled, old, stained, faded. You know, what you wear has a big effect on your mood, your state of mind. So do pay attention to this. In the morning, dress up properly. I'm not saying wear fancy clothes under your baya every day, but wear proper decent clothes so that you feel po- positive about yourself. So anyway, um, so jilbab is worn on top of a woman's clothes. Right? So if a woman does not have that, what should she do? حدثنا أبو معمر قال حدثنا عبد الوارث قال حدثنا أيوب عن حفصة بنت سيرين قالت she said حفصة بنت سيرين she said كنا نمنع جواريانا She said, we used to stop our young girls from going out on the day of Eid, meaning from attending Eid prayers. We would not let them go. We'd say, no, no, Eid prayer is only for boys, for men, they should go. It's such a huge gathering. Why should our daughter go in a huge public gathering? said, we used to stop them from going. So a woman came, and she stayed in the fortress of Banu Khalaf. فَأَتَيْتُهَا So I went to her فَحَدَّثَتْ So she narrated أَنَّ that زَوْجَ أُخْتِهَا The husband of her sister meaning her brother-in-law غَزَ He participated in battle مع النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم with the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم how many times? سِنْتَيْ عَشَرَةَ غَزَوَةً How many battles? Twelve battles Okay فَكَانَتْ أُخْتُهَا مَعْهُ And her sister was with him فِي سِتِّ غَزَوَاتِ In six of them. So that companion, he participated in twelve. And his wife was in six of those expeditions. She went with them. فَقَالَتْ So she said, فَكُنَّا We used to نَقُومُ عَلَى الْمَرْضَى The women, when they would go for the battle, we would look after the sick. وَنُدَاوِ kalma, And we would tend to the wounded. فَقَالَتْ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ So her sister, when she was you know, in one of the expeditions or basically she was there when the Prophet ﷺ was alive. So one day, she asked the Prophet ﷺ a question. عَلَىٰ إِحْدَانَا بَأْسٌ She said, is there any you know, blame on one of us? Is there, is there a problem? إِذَا لَمْ يَكُنْ لَهَا جِلْبَابٌ If a woman does not have a jilbab, Allah تَخْرُجْ She doesn't go. 
Meaning, is there anything wrong if a woman does not go for Eid prayer because she doesn't have a jilbab? Fakala, he said, لِتُلْبِسْهَا صَاحِبَتُهَا She should wear her friend's jilbab, min jilbabiha, from her jilbab. Meaning, she should share it. You know, for example, if your friend has an extra one, you can borrow an extra one from her. But if she has only one, then what do you do? Both are sharing. Girls are very good at sharing these things, right? فَلْيَشْهَدْنَ الْخَيْرِ And they should witness the good. وَدَعْوَةَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ And the dua of the believers. Eid. The khutbah. The gathering. So much benefit. So much barakah. Why should girls be deprived just because they don't have a jilbab? قَالَتْ حَفْصَةُ حَفْصَةَ سَدْ فَلَمَّا قَدِمَتْ أُمْ عَطِيَّةَ أَتَيْتُهَا She said that when Umm Atiyah came, I went to her. Umm Atiyah is basically uh, the sister of the woman who came and Umm Atiyah is a woman who was being spoken about, who participated in six battles. Okay, So when she came herself, what happened? Ataytuha, I went to her. Why? To confirm that this is what I heard your sister saying, that you participated in six battles and you asked the Prophet ﷺ about this. Did this actually happen? فَسَأَلْتُهَا And I asked her, أَسَمِعْتِ فِي كَذَا وَكَذَا Did you hear such and such? قَالَتْ نَعَمْ She said yes, بِأَبِي By my father. وَقَلَّمَا ذَكَرَتِ النَّبِيَ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ And every time she mentioned the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم, every time she mentioned his name, إِلَّا except قَالَتْ She said بِأَبِي May my father be sacrificed. Every time she mentioned the name of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم, she would say بِأَبِي بِأَبِي Meaning may my father be sacrificed for him. قَالَ He said, he said, she added, that he didn't just say that, that she should borrow her friends. He also said, Of free girls, you know, girls who are free, meaning not slaves, and they're mature, who have their shawls and they're basically always indoors, never going out, young girls, virgin girls, they should go. أو قال العواتق وذوات الخدور شك أيوب والحيض and also the menstruating women should go ويعتزل الحيض المصلى and the menstruating women they're not praying so they should keep away from the place of the prayer وليشهدن الخير ودعوة المؤمنين and they should witness the good and the dua of the believers قالت she said فقلت لها I said to her الحيض what حيض even they even menstruating girls should go? Qalat Naram, she said, of course, yes. Alaysa al-ha'id, does the ha'id not tashhadu? Does she not witness Arafat? If she's at Hajj and she begins to menstruate and she's at Arafat, will she not go there? Watashhadu kada, watashhadu kada? Does she not go there? Does she not go there? She said, yes. So she said, why not Eid prayer then? Why not the Musalla on Eid? Not that she will perform the Eid Salah, but she should be present over there. So, what do we learn from this hadith? Again, the emphasis is everyone should go for Salatul Eid. Bab i'tizal al-huyyadil al-musalla. Menstruating women keeping away from the place of prayer. Haddathana Muhammad ibn al-Muthanna. Qala haddathana ibn Abi Adiyin. An ibn Aounin. An Muhammadin. Qala qalat ummu atiyyata umirna an nakhruja fanukhrija al-huyyad. She said we were told to go out, so we would also bring out the menstruating girls. Wal-awatiq wa dawat al-khudur. And the mature girls or the free girls who would stay in their private quarters, meaning in seclusion, would never go out. قال ابن عون, ابن عون, he said, أو العواتق ذوات الخدور فأما الحيض 
فَيَشْهَدْنَ جَمَاعَةَ الْمُسْلِمِينَ وَدَعْوَتَهُمْ Why should the menstruating girls go? To witness the jama'ah, the congregation of the Muslims. Because a big gathering, when you see it, even that has an impact on your heart. Doesn't it? Even if you're not participating, just watching a huge gathering, you know, shakes you. وَدَعْوَتَهُمْ And they should witness the dua, وَيَعْتَزِلَّ مُصَلَّهُمْ And they should keep away from the place of prayer. Insha'Allah, in our next class, we should conclude this, Kitab al-Uridayn. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik, nashadu wa la ilaha illa anta, nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.